You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition. Is it Tuesday? Yeah, it is Tuesday. I was so confused. The kids were out of school yesterday, and uh, they are back in school today, but some schools are out today. But anyway, the city schools are back in. It is a Tuesday edition, regardless of inside the locker room. 205-342-9904 is the phone number if you'd like to get in on the show with us this morning. Our Twitter's at Locker Room 109, at Barry Sanderson, at Wimp Sanderson 1. And the email address for the show is Wimp and Barry at Yahoo.com. Download on the Download the Tide 100.9 app to your smartphone. You can take us with you anywhere you go. You also can listen to us now on 1230 AM WTBC. So you got the Tide 100.9 on the FM dial and 1230 on the AM dial. I think the 1230 has a little more uh, range if you're heading out of town. But if you have the app, then you can listen to us anywhere you go. We want to thank Yellowwood, pressure-treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. You're going to build the fence, the deck, the pergola. You want it to last. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. And always remember, if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, you don't want it. All right, Dad, before you go, I want Noah to play one little clip here before we get to you. Noah, play the clip uh, from last night. If you watch baseball, then you saw this last night. Wow, what a play. Let's hear it, Noah. Most closers don't. He deals a 2-2. Castellanos in the air to right center field. Harris is on the run. Harris at the track. He leaps and he makes the catch. Harper might be doubled up. The throw gets away. The throw to first. It's over. It's over. Most close. All right. Uh, so the- uh, great play last night, Braves. Um, yeah. I think it's probably player make maybe the play of the series. They went five to four on the long fly ball that looked like it was going to either be a home run or for extra bases, the first guy on first base uh, took off, and uh, Harris made a great, great catch. And they, they had a couple of home runs in the game as well. Harris makes a heck of a catch. They turned it into a double play and and win 5-4. to four. But they were uh, could could have been down 2-zip. to zip. And um, I think probably if it goes back and the Braves win the win the uh, series, it probably be the, the play of the year because yeah. it uh, – well, you know, you always, uh, even in a little league, they always take the backup throws, backup throws. And, of course, uh, they back up the throw from the outfield. He gets by the shortstop. Uh, Austin Riley, who hit the home runs, back in the throw up, catches it, and uh, throws him out there. So yeah. that, that's why you back up throws right yeah. there. I guess you all are all excited about that. But, oh, uh, they yeah. were quit. They had quit in my house. It was sad to watch them give up on them. And I kept saying you know, give him a chance. That pitcher, uh, Turner, uh, I'm sorry, Wheeler for the uh, Phillies was dominating the Braves. And then this one pitch, though, can change a game. And uh, it was amazing. <laughs> amazing comeback. Uh, playoff baseball is great. Uh, not, not a whole lot of news. The uh, Oklahoma lost one of their wideouts um, um, in the 
Texas game, which certainly will hurt them. Uh, the Raiders beat the Packers 17-13. to um, UAB in, in basketball is picked to be fourth, I think, in AHC, which is uh, probably got um, Florida Atlantic first. They haven't looked at it. And I would guess Memphis is up there somewhere towards the top. Um, that's really about all. Auburn, I think, I think the big thing about Auburn in this game with LSU is is being able to to do a good job against the quarterback. The initial quarterback runs by 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 uh, LSU in the in the Missouri game was the difference, and they stayed healthy. He's not going to be healthy long, but doesn't look like. But he's he's not a real big kid. But they played awfully well. So we've got decent games this week. Of course, Alabama. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention that's a little bit confusing, not confusing, but maybe surprising. The NCAA, are, uh, they have decided that they want the staff members to be involved in NIL. Um, they had a meeting, and uh, they feel like if they can get support for the athletes by all the staff members because too many people from the outside are coming in trying to do things. I think that, I personally think that's been happening anyway. Uh, I think, uh, you know, assistant coaches have been involved in it. But uh, Nebraska Athletic Director, uh, Trev Alberts, Alberts uh, is on the committee, and they're feeling like that they need to gain more control of it by the people that inside the school being involved in NIL. Now, what that means is I don't, I'm not sure, but because uh, I don't think they're quite sure. But uh, they're supposed to assist and and um, create some NIL activity themselves, um, you know, get people to to pay and um so um, we'll see what happens there. I think, I think it can be pretty complicated. Now, I'm not sure it's anything that you can really completely, t- you know, share. I don't know if we'll see people. I don't know if we'll see uh, any early uh, fines against any of, any of the schools over what they try to do the NIL because nobody knows. That's about it. Yeah, I just I, I know why they want to do that. They want to keep the third party people out of it. But you know you still run the risk of do you want this money to go to your university or do you want it to go to the kids when you're reaching out and helping people with it there so i think there's a conflict of interest uh there in that situation um i also want to ask you do you think uh and i don't know anything about arkansas's mindset right now they've had that byu game was was tough um but, you know, you go to LSU, you lose 34-31. I think the Texas A&M game was much closer than the score indicates, 34-22. Uh, they go to Ole Miss, and it's it's a one-score game, 27-20. So they've been in every single game that they've played in. Um, is this a trap game for Alabama, in your opinion? Uh, it's a team that's pretty good. I listen to the radio now. Everybody says Alabama's going to blow this team out. It's an 11 a.m. kick. You're coming off an emotional win uh, at Texas A&M. Everybody's saying Arkansas's not very good, but they're not as bad as their record indicates. Could this be a trap game for Well, I think, I think if Alabama is, is, continues to play, play as hard as they play defensively, uh, that it won't be. I don't know that that's going to happen. Um, you know, the media's already started talking about the Tennessee game the week after. So I, I would say it, it, it's a dangerous game. Every game that you play is dangerous. But I, I think uh, I think Arkansas is 
a team that can beat you if you don't play. Surely the Alabama will come in here. And I think he's done just a really good job with them defensively, and I think they, I think they've coached this team behind the scenes to try to get them together and make them a little bit better. Uh, you know, the offensive line uh, did a good job, I thought, against A and M. So I, I think they, I think what they've really done is coach this football team behind the scenes more so than people realize. And um, I, I would say. You know, I've always, always got to be leery of stuff, but I, I think I think Alabama. I just, uh, you know, I don't know that Alabama. I, I would be worried if I was in that building to get make sure I had these guys' attention. I think Arkansas's got a quarterback that's good enough to beat you. They're good enough to come in here and beat you if you're not ready. Now, if you're ready to play those things, you should be. But it sets up to me as a trap game, uh, especially for the fans, the way they look at it. I think they just think this is going to be an easy game. I see a ton of tickets out there. You can get tickets for basically nothing. Uh, and I think that has a little bit to do with it being an 11 o'clock game. But uh, people just don't think this is going to be a good game. And this team, uh, if you go to LSU, as much as they can score and you only lose 34-31, then you're good enough to come in here and beat Alabama. So I, I would be, and I know Coach Saban's the best at having his team ready to play, but as I think the it could be a shocker a little bit there as far as I think the line's 19-and-a-half, which seems to be pretty big there. So we will see as we go. All right, let's get to the – Yellowwood Hotline and get Joseph into the show. Good morning, Joseph. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you we got a Cam Newton, that girl Michael Vick on our hands, but Jalen Murrow, that Joker proved me wrong. Woo, he proved me wrong. I'm telling you, that Joker was throwing the football all over the Maggie. I'm telling you what, this this kid got a chance to be special, man. He he really does. Well, you, take, you know, you take it one game at a time, and he's he's grown up a lot and gotten a lot better. The more he's played, he never had played a lot. Of, hadn't played a great deal coming into the season, so he, he's making some progress. I think he's a Cam Newton though for sure, because uh, he can run or he can pass. And I remember, I remember in twenty ten, in twenty ten when Auburn beat Alabama, we, we said we're going to stop Cam's run. Well, we stopped Cam's run, but Cam beat us with his arm. Well, the Aggies done the same thing to, uh, to Jalen Miro. We stop your run, Miro. Well, that's fine. Miro beat us with his arm. Boy, you flipped, hadn't you, Joseph? Uh, you, yeah, I flipped. Hey, I, I, I give respect where respect's due. Jalen Miro went into the stadium and beat them. That man earned respect. He's earned respect. He's got my respect now. He, uh, if you hate on Jalen Milrow now, well, he's got your respect till he turns it over about three yeah. times against Tennessee. <laughs> he's got your respect for for one week, and if he plays bad, you'll be back on him. So, no, no, I'm not going to be back on him if he plays bad. I, I, I mean, not everybody can play perfectly, and he is just a sophomore, and it's his first year start. But uh, I, I was doubtful because I didn't think he could throw the football. But he showed me in that A&M game he can throw the football. Yeah. yeah but everybody knew he could throw it. No way anybody didn't know. If you the only one didn't know it. <laughs> but, I'm, no, there were several people that know because I'm a bunch of, a part of a bunch of Alabama groups and, and blogs and stuff. And there was a bunch of people that thought yeah. that uh, he wasn't a good quarterback. But, you know, there's still people hating on him. But, you know, the way I see it, if you hate him now, you just hate to be hating. Because the kid's a good quarterback. No doubt. Thank you, Joseph. Yeah, people give up on people. It's like last night. Uh, Comer 
is the biggest Braves fan either. So is Jenny. They were so sad. Uh, and I see up saying, guys, there's like, you got to get 27 outs. Uh, just hang in there. Something might change. And also, you know, it changed, obviously, at the end. And uh, so then they were back uh, cheering and going crazy. So people... They they give up on you quick, don't they? But then when it goes good, they they jump yeah. right back on the bandwagon. Uh, that's just that's way athletics is. That's the way fans are. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we'll take the break here. Open up the phone lines. Great show today. We got uh, Kevin Skarbinski with us at seven thirty. Uh, the great Houston Nut will join us at eight fifteen. He'll have a good feel for the mindset of Arkansas. I think if they come in with the right mindset, this can be a lot tougher game than people are anticipating two men in a truck they're doing a great job they're out at 1330 martin road east that's where you go if you want to pick up the boxes the packing supplies whatever you need to make this a smooth move where it's local out of town out of state let the professionals handle they'll take great care of you and your stuff get the free estimate today 205-247-5050 two men in a truck movers who care tide 100.9 traffic Here's your West Alabama traffic from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. I've got a wreck 2059 westbound before exit 71B. That's I-359. It's off on the shoulder. Just watch out for emergency crews on the scene. If you see other conditions, just give me a call. 205-886-8886. Now get two, four, up to $8,000 in instant savings at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Tuesday morning. A toxic chemical linked to cancer is on its way from Wisconsin to West Alabama. The forever chemicals called PFAs are being shipped to the Chemical Waste Management Hazardous Waste Facility in the tiny Sumter County town of Emel. More than 38,000 gallons being trucked to West Alabama to that facility near Livingston. Questions are being raised about the shipments to a majority poor black community. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. If you're at 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny weather continues today. The high for this afternoon around 81. For tonight, increasingly cloudy with the low at 61. Tomorrow, a cloudy day. We'll have a chance of some light rain at times. The high in the middle 70s, around 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 54 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to jump into any of the shows? Call Tide 100.9 right now at 205-342-9904. Will somebody answer that damn phone? That's 205-342-9904. back to Inside Locker Room. So they go uh, take the day off and go to Philly uh, and play at Philly. I think the game's at a little 410 or something like that on uh, Wednesday. And then uh, they play again on Thursday. The Dodgers, Dad, that down 0-2 uh, at home. The Diamondbacks went in there and got them. So the winner of these two series will play each other to get to the World Series. But I'm surprised the Dodgers uh, would lose two at home. All right, to the Yellowwood Hotline and Pressure Treated Pine from Great Southern. They bring you the 7 o'clock hour. Go to yellowwood.com to find a dealer that's close to you. We'll go to the Yellowwood Hotline and get Tom in. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Tom. Morning, Barry. Morning, Coach. How are y'all? Okay. You know, I sense from listening to uh, the shows yesterday and uh, and the post-game uh, shows, everybody is in a better 
mood and, and a better frame of mind about this football thing. And, um, Coach, I, I got to give you credit. <clears throat> I didn't see it the way you were calling it. But, you know, last week you were talking about how big a game the A&M game was. Yeah. And it turned out that, you know, when, I, when I'm saying that everybody's in a better mood, that's including Coach Saban. He's got a little more payoff in his talk. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's a pretty realistic coach. He he comes, you know, sometimes he has a little bit of a front that he puts on, but uh, he was worried about the football game. I, you know, I was too. I thought it was going to be, and I thought it was going to, I thought it was really going to affect. And I don't want to overlook Arkansas, but I thought it was really going to affect the LSU's and Tennessee's. And another loss puts them any chance probably of getting where they want to get at the end uh, because. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a lot of one loss teams in the in the in the United States this year. A bunch of them. It's going we're gonna have a bunch of fusses about who's gonna be at the final four. And I just I don't like uh, you know you looked at that game, Tom, and some people picked Texas A and M, some people picked Alabama, and now all the people want to say I got receipts. All those people that picked A and M like they want to get all over them now. Well, that wasn't that far fetched of a pick to pick A and M. I mean, Alabama played well. I didn't think we'd win. Alabama, I didn't think yeah, Alabama, Alabama don't played win. well. Give them credit, but don't criticize people because they picked Texas A and M. I picked Texas. Well, you can criticize me. I don't care, but don't criticize people because they looked at it. Uh, and thought who that if you knew who was going to win, then it would be really, really easy on those games. But you know, that game could have gone either way. And people want to be so fast to point the finger at people that didn't pick Alabama. Well, they didn't pick Alabama for a reason, and Alabama played better and and they won the game. And now people got a little more, uh, a little more belief in this team, I believe. Well, you're talking about me right there. Yeah, me and, too. Uh, me too. And, uh, and, and my optimism is way higher than it was because, you know, I come on here and I talk about how how uh, bad uh, Coach uh, Freddie Rhodes was. He couldn't coach. And and, all, and then turns out these last two games, our, our defensive line is, is what uh, has performed beyond anything I thought they were capable of doing. I apologize to Coach Rhodes. Uh, I, I do today, and uh, and I have. But uh, you know, I said we just don't have the talent like we had. Well, you know what? Guess what? Maybe we do, and and I'm optimistic about it. Well, maybe we probably don't, but have the talent that we've had. But that these guys are still doing a good job of finding out ways for this team to win. Is it as talented as some of the other teams? No. But it still can win in different ways, and I think they're doing they're doing. Well, that. Tom, we have teams that are more even. Uh, the transfer portal has evened up some of the teams. Now, oh, yeah. some, some of it, some of them in some leagues, Vanderbilt have gone backwards because they can't, don't raise the money. And I'm not sure what Arkansas is doing with their, with their money raising, but, uh, I think we, you know, we got things a little bit more even. I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent, and uh, and and that's the answer to the 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 question of parity uh, that we're seeing. I do believe that, but uh, you know, let me. I want to say this. This is something I heard. I didn't come up with this on my own, but somebody said this on uh, some kind of 
show that I was listening to on the radio Sunday morning because I was kind of jumping around to see what the national thought was going to be like, specifically about Alabama A&M. And uh, this guy said, and it is absolutely the truth, it's a brilliant statement in my opinion, we expect things to be a certain way, right? When we, when we go into the season, we expect Alabama to do this, that, and the other. And when they don't, we go, oh, my God. And I'm talking about myself, so I'm not talking about anybody else. And when it's not, we go, oh, Larry, we, you know, we're not this, we're not that, we're not the other. But the, the thing about uh, sports in general, you know, what we expect it to be ain't always, and to your point, Barry, uh, it's more than one way to win the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's uh, for me. Now, if I were coaching this team, it'd be different. It's more enjoyable to watch Alabama play and not know if they're going to win or not. And then they do win, and you're excited that they won. And, and, and supposed opposed to going and watching them just blow out some team that you know they're going to beat them. That's that's kind of boring, and I, that's my fear. For this weekend, I think the fans think that this is just going to be a blowout. This is not going to well, be a game at all. Do. And I think it may not be, but Arkansas is definitely capable if you're not ready. Because uh, you don't go to LSU and only lose by three points. Uh, you go to, on the road to Ole Miss and lose by seven. It's an 11 a.m. game. There's just a lot of reasons. to. You're looking past to Tennessee. There's a lot of reasons why this game could be better than people think. Oh, I agree with you because... Uh, how many times has it been said on this show right here? Other teams got good players too, and uh, and you know they get motivated when they play Alabama, and things can happen. That's for sure. Yeah, that's the only thing I don't know. I don't know what's Arkansas's mindset right now after four straight losses. Have they pitched it in, or are they still hungry and trying to win? That, that's something that you don't know. Right. Hey, can I can I say one more sure. thing yeah. Uh, yeah. to y'all? Uh, it, it's off the, it's off that subject, and uh, but how, have y'all been keeping up with how uh, the golf team has been performing? They went up to the Hamptons and, and won that uh, that that thing over the, uh, that uh, tournament up there, and how well they performed in the Jerry Pate. Have y'all been keeping up with what's going on with Coach Sewell? And no, I haven't. I, I haven't. I need to. Uh, I need to know. Oh, it's unreal. It's unreal what they've done. It's time to get him back on. And, uh, Coach, uh, here's my question for you. Augusta will be opening up their uh, club in December, right? Nick Dunlap won the U.S. Amateur, which he automatically gets the invite to Augusta. And uh, and he gets all that top amateur uh, stuff going on over there. But don't, are you cur- I'm curious. When will he go and play uh, a practice round? Will he play more than one? And who? I wonder who he'll invite to go with him to play. I don't know. Probably somebody that that. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know the answer to that. But I think he'll. I think he'll probably play more than once. I, I think would you'll, say so, he'll, too. You'll play, play several I mean, times. Yeah, that's, if it was me, I'd say, oh, I'm coming every week. Uh, but uh, do you think that we could get him on the show and, 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 and y'all open up the phone lines and us quiz him about everything? I don't know. I don't. Re- I, we'll see. I don't know much about how to do that, but I, we'll get, we can get Jay on, uh, Sewell. 
Um, yeah, that would be that would be as good as as uh, Nick. But wouldn't it be interesting to get Nick on and get his take on uh, everything so yeah. far? Yep, we'll try to do that for sure. We'll try to do it. Okay, I don't know, so you I don't know that we can, but we'll try. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I understand that. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Okay, thank you. All right, uh, Dad, Mark Stoops had his call-in show last night. A lot of people getting all over him. Uh, he was pretty defensive uh, about how bad they lost to Georgia, and and he's letting everybody know that, you know, Kentucky's won as many as anybody in the league in the last five years. And um, But he did say something I thought, I don't know if he should have. He said, uh, and I quote. He's won without a quarterback. <laughs> I quote, he said, talking about the Georgia game, why can they not compete with the top end of the uh, SEC? And so he tells the caller, I can promise you in Georgia, they bought some pretty good players, Stoop said. You've, uh, you're allowed to do you're allowed to these days and we could use some help that's what they look like when you have 85 of them i encourage anybody that is just disgruntled to pony up some more so he's basically saying hey give us some more money we need to buy better players that's what georgia's doing uh is that is that okay to say that does it sound like you're well i think it's i think it's true i think i think the, the two biggest money guys are georgia and tennessee uh, I think Alabama would like to be. Um, Auburn is not far behind because of the love for their school. So I would say, without just thinking about it real hard, um, Alabama and Auburn are a little bit behind Georgia and Tennessee, and Georgia and Tennessee it's certainly paid off for Tennessee because they did it early. A&M has done it. I should have mentioned them. Those, those five probably are the ones who, you know, work in – work at that. I, I think you have to work at it and you have to have somebody, a lot of people in charge and I don't know how this going and, and having the people that work at the universities get involved with it. Uh, they're trying to bring in, I guess they would also try to bring in more money um, for each kid where the school would get some money as well as the kids would get some money. So it's it's a complicated, to me it's complicated and um, it, they don't have any rules, but they keep talking about wanting some rules. And I don't know. I don't know what. I'm, I don't think you can rule it myself. Yeah, stupid. So the fans have the right to complain. I give it to them. I just encourage them to donate more because that's yeah. uh, what these dudes are doing. Yeah, quarterback, uh, quarterback for for uh, Kentucky uh, can't throw it. Uh, doesn't throw it well. Uh, they've done a great. Davis kid can really run it. They do a good job with their offense, but they just they they run, 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 run. Maybe throw a few flat passes, but uh, you got when you got a when you got a a situation where the the passing game can't complement the running game, you got problems, and that, that's where they are. Yeah. All right, we'll take the break here. We'll get Kevin in Royal Cleaners. Let me tell you about these guys. They want to make life easy. If you got homecoming. Coming up, you want to get that uh, nice dress shirt uh, ready to go, the pants, the dress, whatever you need. Let Royal come to you. Pick it up, take it, get it cleaned up, deliver it right back. If you want to drop off, University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, North Porter, 4851, Rice Mine Row. For all your cleaning needs, the only choice is Royal, 205-391-0034. We'll get to Kevin Skarbinski next. You listen to Tide 100.9 to see home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 Traffic. 
Here's your West Alabama traffic from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. I've got a wreck 2059 westbound before exit 71B. That's I-359. It's off on the shoulder. Just watch out for emergency crews on the scene. If you see other conditions, just give me a call. 205-886-8886. Now get two, four, up to $8,000 in instant savings at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Football. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Yellowwood, pressure-treated pine from Great Southern. Only one choice if you're building outdoors. That's Yellowwood. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. All right, get to the Yellowwood hotline. He writes with the Birmingham lead, also uh, with the Coach Safely program. Also does a lot with AL.com. Joins us every Tuesday, Kevin Skarbinski. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm good, fellas. How are you? We're good. Uh... Wow, what an end last night. Uh, we, we got a bunch of Braves fans in my house, Kevin. They had given up. I've never seen. <laughs> and I kept telling them, just hang in. You got to get 27 outs. Uh, what what an ending to an incredible game. Zach Wheeler uh, was absolutely dominant on the mound. But uh, give the great Braves credit for hanging in there. And that's why you always back up a throw, right? Austin Riley backs up the throw from the outfit off a great catch. And what a throw there with the natural instincts to throw that, which Bryce Hopper was trying to score on that play. What an ending to a great to a great game. It was. Uh, I have I didn't enjoy the ending, <laughs> given that That's I'm right. a Phillies fan, That's right. uh, lifelong. But uh, but it was a great postseason baseball game. I was fortunate to to be that be there for so many incredible games the Braves played in the postseason back in the '90s when I covered them for the Birmingham news, but that, and that one was, that was as good as it gets. Yeah. The Phillies really, really it came down to, two, you know, for everything that happened in the, especially in the latter innings, it, it came down to two pitches, the, the hanging slurve that Wheeler threw for the home run, uh, that when he, he was just cruising, as you said, that brought the Braves within one. And then I don't know what the reliever was thinking in the ninth to throw a breaking ball to Austin Riley. He had he had not caught up to his fastball. You know, it, it it's just inexplicable that he threw a breaking ball there. And even so, it took a that's as good a defensive play certainly to end the game that that as I've ever seen. The the catch. I, I think too many. It's amazing though. Yes, that's it's an incredible heads up play by Austin Riley. However, you're taught that from little league. You're taught that from, you know, from T-ball to back up, uh, you know, and, and to be aware of situations like that. And, and, yes, he did it. It was not not a normal play, not normally where that throw would go, not normally something he would back up. But but the catch itself that Michael Harris made, Yeah, I mean, that thing looks like it's going to get to the fence. And if it gets to the fence, if he doesn't catch it, that game's tied and the Phillies have the go-ahead run on second base. Yeah. And that's what Bryce Harper was thinking. I don't think you can fault him. I think it was just an amazing play by Harris. And then uh, just a, a great heads-up backup by Austin Riley to to get Harper before he could get back to first and double him up. So 
great game, and and it's the series is tied, and it's going to Philadelphia, which has the best home field advantage in Major League Baseball, especially in the postseason. So we'll see how it turns out. But that was that was an all timer. I just wish it had gone the other way. <laughs> yeah, it'd be tough to get one in Philadelphia, though. We'll see what happens. That um, Alabama's a little bit in a little bit better shape than they have been. I thought that was a turncoat game for them the other day. If they win that game, they're still in there. And I know Arkansas, you can't overlook Arkansas, but to it, it probably looks like that, that you know, with, with Tennessee and LSU coming to town, going to Auburn is, is going to be a huge game. Where, where is, um, I think, I guess the question is, tell me your feelings about the, the, much in, the improvement that behind the scenes that the coaching staff has done to Alabama. These these writers just wear my butt out with stuff they write. I just read, guys that are supposed to be smart just drive me crazy with their right. They, well, they act like it's not it's not easy to go to A and M and win a game. That's not easy. And uh, these writers are you know they Alabama slops through, gets through all that kind of crap. It's ridiculous. Go ahead. Well, I don't I don't know who's I don't know who's downplaying the the victory, but you shouldn't. Because that was a significant win for Alabama. A&M has, has stockpiled talent in recent years, uh, as, as Alabama has done for a long time. That defensive front that A&M has is elite. And, and give credit to the Alabama offensive line, the Alabama blocking scheme, the coaches. Yeah, they gave us some sacks, but they, they kept Jalen Milrow probably as clean as possible as you can against that front. And when they did, we all knew that the A&M's weak spot was a secondary on defense, and they took advantage, and Jermaine Burton had a career day. Jalen Milrow had a career day throwing the ball. They did the thing that people said they couldn't do, and that's beat people with Jalen Milrow's arm. They didn't have much of a running game. Uh, but that combined with the continued growth of the Alabama defense uh, which just makes what Lane Kiffin said look more and more foolish. Before the a week before Ole Miss played Alabama, look look at what that defense has done, and look at the second half. Think about this, guys. In the second half against both Ole Miss and Texas A and M, you're facing uh, in the offensive in, in Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy, and then in Jimbo Fisher and. Bobby Petrino, the offensive coordinator, you're facing some of the best offensive minds in the business. They gave up two field goals, one field goal to each after halftime. Something's happening very positive in that halftime locker room at, at Alabama. There's not a lot of time for major adjustments. I think that sometimes that gets overblown, but there's some serious coaching going on both during the week and uh, at, in the stadium at halftime during the game. They're making adjustments. They came out and they, they decided, look, we're not running the ball very well. We're going we're gonna to throw the ball. They came out, almost looked like an air raid offense, their first possession of the third quarter. Uh, and they get down there, they throw a pick. Well, they didn't go. They didn't give up on Jalen Milrow. They had confidence in him. They kept throwing the ball, and good things happened. So they, they scored two touchdowns. That third quarter, that third quarter by Alabama may have been as significant a 15-minute period of growth as we've seen from that program, maybe in the entire Nick Saban era, that's how that's how how much they grew up. And across the board, the defense, the offense, the coaches, uh, 
that was a very, very uh, significant 15 minutes for that football game. There's something you don't see. Tommy gets the devil, but Tommy did a good job of reading the defense and, and changing things in that quarter. So, you know, sometimes sometimes you, you never want to give the offensive guy any credit. The only thing you ever say is, well, it's about time. That's what fans say. But, uh, you know, when you read – when you he, I think he's done. I think he did an excellent job. Go ahead. Well, I think you're. I think you're right, and that's a good. That's a good point. We we generally, and especially when when you ha, when a fan base has the incredibly high expectations that Alabama fans have, it, you don't you don't want to allow for you, you don't often allow for mistakes <clears throat> or growth or or consider the possibility that you know. The team may not be a finished product when they play their first game of the season, and and I guess again you get spoiled because very often we've seen Alabama play one of those neutral site games against a big name opponent. Sometimes the names of the, of the programs are better than the actual teams, but they seem to be ready to start the season. Uh, and there's been times, and I can remember talking to Nick Saban after the 2013 season, before the 2014 season. And he talked about how that team peaked too early when it, you know, it didn't play its best football in November, certainly didn't play its best football against Auburn in the kick six game and then in the bowl game as well. Teams, teams develop at different, pay, at different uh, rates. You see it. Uh, you've, you've known it. You've done it. You've seen some teams are more ready out of the box. Than others, they're more experienced. They played together. This team, this team didn't have, you know, didn't have built-in go-to guys. We didn't know who the who the alpha dogs were going to be, but we're starting to identify them both on offense and defense. And Jermaine Burton certainly became one of them. Looked like one of them on Saturday. And Isaiah Burton has has grown up. Jalen Milrow has has come come light years in his growth. He still has. Uh, room to grow, as he said. He's not a finished product, but it's kind of. I know the fans would like them to see them win every game, fifty to nothing, and not have to sweat it out at the end. But just from an, as a, as a uh, an interested observer, it, this is more fun to know that the games are in jeopardy. Yeah. That they have to make plays to win games. They have to make them uh, early. They got to make them late. And with one exception, against Texas, they're doing that. We're talking with Kevin Sparbinski. Uh, Kevin, uh, the gentleman's on the SEC network uh, from Birmingham. He indicates, is still indicating that uh, Kevin Steele's not calling the defense. And I think he even said yesterday he doesn't think Kevin Steele will be back. Uh, are you hearing any, any of that stuff about Kevin Steele uh, not calling the defense and whether he'll even be back or not? I'm not. Uh, I, and I don't, you know, look, <clears throat> is it possible that they have rearranged responsibilities to some degree. Sure, it's possible, I guess. Uh, but I haven't, I have not heard anything definitive or from anyone that I would trust on that subject that, that would tell me that. So it was curious that Nick Saban kind of, he, he really didn't want to answer the question yesterday about, you know, grade, not grade. He doesn't like the grade, but. I don't know how the question was phrased at his press conference yesterday. Something to the effect of, you know, evaluate the the, the coordinators. Yeah. yeah, evaluate the assistants at this point in the season. Well, he's never really done that. He's never really going to do that. Uh, he's always been very positive, and he, he was, of course, yesterday. So 
so maybe that just adds fuel to that suggestion. Uh, you know, I don't know, but I, I think unless you you better be you better be one hundred percent sure that that is the case before you start saying things like that publicly and yeah. reporting that. I think Who had, was it said that Barry F- Feinbaum said it, uh, and so you know I think they did ask him about a report card on him and. I guess some people are saying, well, that was an opportunity for him to praise Kevin Steele or to praise in heat. But he doesn't give grades out. He says, we're all working together. We're all in this thing together. And he doesn't, he doesn't ever do that. So I wasn't surprised at his answer. But people take the answer and then they try to read stuff into it. Right, Kevin? Oh, absolutely. And, and look, if you followed his history, and Paul certainly has and should know better, it's not his way. It's not Nick Saban's way to single out assistants. He really doesn't like to do that. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't like, I, I don't, I get a sense. If you, if you look at his coordinators through the years, he, I don't think he likes the superstar coordinator. You know, the guy who comes in like Elaine Kiffin uh, would be the prime example. Someone who has a, you know, he's, he's got uh, fame and notoriety when he arrives for different reasons, not necessarily positive in Kiffin's case, but you know, the guys that, you know, Jim McElwain, for example, uh, how many people in this state had ever heard of Jim McElwain when Alabama hired him, did a heck of a job. Um, you know, they, they, they tend not to be those, those big names, the gurus, if you will, Nick Saban's never been a big fan of gurus, uh, when it comes to coordinators, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So he, he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, pump up those guys. He doesn't artificially inflate them. And I think part of the reason is, you know, he's very conscious as, as most head coaches are of, you know, one of the things they do is coach the coaches and the camaraderie on the staff and the vibe in the staff rooms. How, how does that, you know, how is that working behind the scenes? You might have, there's always creative tension, even the best staffs, even the most uh, familiar consistent staffs have creative tension where there's disagreement and, uh, there may be less of that at Alabama because people will defer to Nick Saban. But now I, I think it's almost like people are looking for something. It's almost as if they're looking to, and I, I suspect that's what Lane Kiffin was doing, when looking to start trouble, if you will. Yeah. And so far, I, there doesn't appear to be, you would see that show up. If there was some some kind of dissension and some kind of uncertainty behind the scenes, you would see it show up, and I, I don't think we've seen it. We certainly haven't seen it at crunch time in the second half against Ole Miss, the second half against Texas A&M. The, the team really, and I emphasize team, really stepped up, and that that's not an indication of, of turmoil behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, this is something we've already talked about a long, a long, for a long time, but I think I think it comes out a little bit based on what uh, – the Kentucky coach said, um, I think NIL is huge. And they're, they're trying to pass a ruling, or, or not to pass, make a ruling where people uh, at the universities can go out and help these guys rather than outside uh, agents uh, try to tell somebody they can make 500 a, a lick on a radio show. So the people inside the inside the universities can now help them. I think they've been helping them anyway. But I think we've got a I think we've got a major problem uh, with the Georgia. You know, about five schools: Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, 
A and M would be the five that come to mind real quick. That are money wise are going are way ahead money wise. Um, where are, well, I know this is an old question, but I, I think it's a question that's getting a lot of a lot of attention behind behind the scenes. I don't know what the answer is. Well, and and one um, one caution flag I would throw up, Wimp, is I'm not sure I'd include Auburn in that group. Well, they got a lot I, of I think Auburn had, Yeah, they do. No, there's no doubt about that. But they've had some issues. Uh, they've they've had several false starts in terms of NIL from from people I talked to down there. So. I don't know. If, I don't know that they're 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 on that. I don't. I don't believe they're on the level with the others that you mentioned. Well, it's an it's an inch. First of all, it's an interesting phenomenon that that has become. It's it it sounds. You know, look. It, what what Mark Stoops said is the truth. It just doesn't sound good when you just got stomped. Yeah. You know, come. You know, it's an excuse. Fans don't want to hear that. Even if it's true, fans don't want to hear that. That you're you're not competing financially with the elite recruiting staffs in the country because now they have resources with NIL that you don't have. Well, having the best programs, the championship programs, always have had more resources uh, than the Kentucky footballs of the world. Yeah, that that's that, that hasn't changed. It's it's just a different it's just a different area. It is going to be interesting to to see where this goes. Ideally, it's better if it's done in-house. You know, giving control and power to boosters, to outside entities like the that rogue lawyer in Miami, uh, Ruiz. Uh, you know, that do you really want those people having that kind of influence in your program? No, you you really don't. It's better if that's in-house. Uh, you know, again, they the NCA spent decades and decades doing everything in its power to keep boosters out of recruiting. And now with NIL, they just opened the doors and said, Hey, come on, you guys take care of it. You know, we don't, we don't want to, we want you to take care of this for us, the financial end of it. So ideally, and there's going to have to be some, there's going to have to be maybe some tweaks to title nine, uh, without eliminating opportunities for, for female athletes, uh, acknowledging that football and men's basketball are different. They're just different animals. And I don't know what those tweaks would be, but so how do you do that? I, if it were there an easy answer, someone would have come up with it already, I'm sure. But th- there's just going to have to be some fundamental changes to how major m- major college football, particularly, and to a lesser extent, major college basketball, how they operate, how they're allowed to operate financially, uh, can, and yeah. compared to the rest of the athletic department. Can you imagine? And this is just can you imagine Coach Bryant, Johnny Fall, you know, people like that coming back. <laughs> to life and, and to see this, I mean, they would they would just absolute. Coach Brown would absolutely faint. He'd be just, he wouldn't <laughs> go ahead. And then after he and then after he came to and after he came to, yeah, he would he would he would he would uh, gather together all the oh, heavy hitters. Oh, he'd get the money men together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had, he's got he, about 10. he had a good. You know this, Wimp. He had a great relationship with the money man. Yeah, yeah. I, I had I had his office and, and his telephone. A lot of times they'd call not knowing he was out of there, and he, <laughs> it was he, he. He's got about ten. I, I should have said that about ten money men that 
and I don't have to worry about. Yeah, but, he, um, he'd faint and fall into a pit of money. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be unbelievable. Yeah. All right, last question, Kevin. Um, this first poll, I guess it comes out in November. It's going to be very interesting to see where everybody is. If Georgia is one and they run the table and they get to the SEC championship game and they lose, could you see a scenario where the committee put – penalizes them for their weak, weak schedule and takes them out of the Final Four uh, with a lot, with one loss. Because if you have a one-loss team, don't you have to go to strength the schedule? And Georgia really has played nobody out of conference. Uh, could you see a scenario where that happens or not? Yes. I, I can see that scenario. Uh, I think it's, it's it may be not, maybe not probable, but possible. And, and – and this is why it's important for Georgia that Florida wins some football games, that Tennessee wins some football games, that they don't that you know that Florida doesn't go six and six or worse, that that Tennessee doesn't drop a few more, which is quite possible. Uh, the way from what we've seen from them, you know, they need the teams that that are on that are on their schedule to be as good as possible, and and, and again, it's you know it's through no fault of their own in some ways. It's like it's similar to Auburn in 2004 when, you know, Auburn had, I forget who it was they had on the schedule and that team canceled. They ended up having, they added, I don't know, I want to say the Citadel or somebody like that. Uh, Georgia had Oklahoma on the schedule this year and they had to drop that. It was a home and home. They had to drop the series after Oklahoma joined the SEC because they were going to be, they were going to be playing as a conference opponent. So Alabama, Alabama, the Alabama Texas deal got in under the wire, but that was the and imagine how good a, how good would a Georgia Oklahoma game be this year? Yeah, after what we saw from Oklahoma against Texas, and I still think Texas is one of the better teams in the country. That was an am- amazing game, and give credit to Oklahoma. So, uh, but you, you, you got to go by the schedule they played, right? And they just haven't the, the non conference schedule was incredibly weak. The SEC schedule is not the toughest in the league. So it's, it is going to be fascinating to see. And, of course, it will all depend on how many teams are undefeated and how many have one loss. Georgia needs a fewer undefeated for that scenario to work in Georgia's favor and still get in the playoffs, as happened in 2021, then they're going to need – they don't need an undefeated Big 12 champ. They don't need an undefeated uh, Pac-12 champ. They need, some, they need everybody else to start losing some yeah, games. Yeah, you got ACC undefeated, a lot of undefeated teams out there this year, which could yeah. be a lot. So, all right, Kevin, tell everybody where they can find you, get all your great stuff. Yes, the best best way to keep up with my work is follow me on Twitter slash X at, at Kevin Skarbinski. You'll, you'll get links to all my stuff, my weekly column in the Birmingham Lead, and it's BirminghamLeadLede.com. You can subscribe there. That appears on Mondays now. We shifted it from Sundays to Mondays. Uh, my newsletter comes out on Thursdays. You can find that on al.com slash sports. So I hope everyone will check those out. And uh, we, we've got, if the first half of the season is any indication, the second half should be even more dramatic and unpredictable and fun to watch. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll take this break here and get back and then wrap up this hour. You're just a tide 100.9 and... 12.30 a.m. WTBC, the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. 
from the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center. We've got a couple of wrecks. One on US 82 eastbound at Watermelon Road. We still have that wreck 2059 westbound at exit 71B at I-359. Now get two, four, up to $8,000 in instant savings at Towns and Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Coming up, Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Tuesday edition of The Game, Dreamland Score Prediction Day. We'll look ahead to Alabama, Arkansas. We'll take your phone calls. We'll take your predictions. We'll talk to Mike Dettelier, WWL, the Big 870, right here on Tide 100.9 and WTBC 1230, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Join Tide. The best place for your high school football coverage is right here on Tide 100.9 and online on Tide100.9.com. Alabama One, go to www.alabama1.org. Looking to get that vehicle loan, the vehicle your dreams. Get your loan out of Alabama One. Rates as low as 3.99%. Terms available up to 84 months. You can get pre-approved before you go on to the dealership lot. That helps you negotiate. They also have an Alabama One Auto Mall. You can go on there, find the car, pick it out. They'll deliver it right there to you. For all their products and services, go to www.alabama1.org. We also want to thank Pressure Treated Pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. Top of the hour will be another cash code. So these are winding down. So make sure you get in, get the code in. You're eligible to win $30,000. There, we'll take this top of the hour break. Open up the phone lines, 205-342-9904. We'll get Coach Houston Nutt in at 815. That's the tide of 100.9. And 12.30 a.m. WTBC, the home of Alabama sports. It's the Tide 100.9 30K Workday Payday. Win cash every weekday, 8 to 5. Here's this hour's cash code. 761. The code is 761. Again, that's 761. Enter that code now on the Tide 100.9 app. Click on the 30K Payday button and enter the code for a chance to win $30,000. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker Room. All-State Insurance Agent Andrew Kniffer. Andrew is my agent. Let him become yours. Out at 4705 McFarland Boulevard Suite 3 over in Norport. 205-722-9201. Let Andrew run the quote for you. Looking for home, life, auto. You need renter's insurance, boat insurance. You need an umbrella policy. Whatever you need, Andrew is there ready, waiting for you. Once again, 205 722 Zero one. Phone lines are open for the show. 205-342-9904. Dad, do you know who the offensive coordinator for the Arkansas Razorbacks is? No, they've changed. <laughs> but I don't know you who it is. You laugh. 
I, I think he's uh I think he's done a pretty good job with it. Who, you know, who is Dan Enos. Yeah, the yeah I, I thought maybe it Where's might be. Where's Dan? Yeah. Go get coach said go get Dan. Well, that guy ridiculous. went down there to Dan's office and Dan had Baltimore coded on me. He had already packed up his stuff <laughs> to Miami. Uh, uh, so, I think yeah. the guy that left them, did he go to TCU or somewhere? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but uh, Dan Enos left in the cover of darkness uh, here at Alabama. <laughs> Didn't tell Coach Saban. They won't be shaking hands in mid- midfield. He was leaving. They asked Coach about, play the, I don't even know what he said there. Play the Dan Enos quote uh, there when they asked Coach Saban in the press conference about old Danny boy. Uh, but Coach always takes the high road, so I won't be shocked if if he didn't really take a chance to to pound on here. Here's what Coach said about Dan Enos. Uh, not not a whole lot. Um, you know, they, they have a really good system, a really good scheme. I think they do a great job of utilizing the players that they have. Um, you know, the quarterback runs are always, you know, something that's adds another layer of, uh, focus that you have to be concerned about on defense, um, which they're really, really good at. Um, they had great play action passes. They can throw the ball down the field and make explosive plays. Uh, there's there's not a whole lot of difference between, you know, what they've done in the past and uh, what they're doing now. I mean, some, some little things, but, um, you know, they've been very productive on offense. So we're, we're going to have to play really, really well. Right there. All right, so he didn't even address Dan uh, specifically there. But uh, Dan Enos, if you guys remember, was here coaching the quarterbacks. Uh, I guess, was he the offensive coordinator? I can't even remember. He was the offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, he was. And uh, just left and went he to He counts Miami. in the nine that coaches had. He what? He counts as one of the nine that coaches had. Yeah. Coaches had nine offensive coordinators. Yeah, well, he just uh, decided he could not do it anymore and just – Supposedly packed up his office. They went down there to get him because they were having a meeting, and he had nothing left in there, Noah, but a pencil. Well, he had a pencil sitting on the desk. He had moved out. Uh, so anyway, all right. Coach met with the media uh, yesterday. Tom said that coach was in a much better mood. So let's see if we think he's in a much better mood. Here's his opening comments yesterday over in the Malmore building. Well, I think the biggest thing that um, we want to focus on is build on the positives of the good things that our team did in the last game. You know, competitive spirit did a lot of good things in terms of being able to pass the ball effectively in the game, make some explosive plays. Um, you know, defense did a pretty good job for the most part. Uh, so, you know, obviously, you know, there's things that we need to work on and we want to be positive about how we fix those things in the future so that we can continue to progress as a team. Um, you know, Arkansas is, you know, really a good team. Uh, they've had some really tough games, some really close losses, uh, but they've scored a lot of points. You know, KJ Jefferson is a really good um, big time quarterback, big guy, hard to sack, can run, uh, very talented arm. Um, you know, Sam does a great job with these guys in terms of their ability to run the ball, whether it's quarterback runs or whatever. Uh, they played very aggressively and very well on defense. Uh, they've got good specialists, really good kicker, um, you know, got a good runner back. I mean, this is a good team. Um, and I, I don't think you should, we, we should be 
looking at their record uh, and making any kind of judgments on, you know, what they're capable of because they're capable of scoring points and they're capable of playing really good defense and um, they're a very well coached team. Thoughts on what Coach said there? Well, you know, it's a little bit like you said. It's when you have a game between two teams of A&M's caliber and Tennessee's, uh, sometimes you're not, not quite ready to play. And I think the mental part of it is, is you know, you play as good physically as you are mentally. If you're all excited about playing, you really, you know, I use the word mental, that people just let go in one ear and out the other, but you're excited about playing. Like A&M was excited about playing us, uh, Alabama, not us. but And Alabama stayed excited about going out there and playing and playing hard. Then, then you're in business. But if for one minute, you know, this is a time to, make, to be darn sure with your players that that sort of oversee your team, and there are about eight or ten of them that do, to be sure that they understand that everybody on the team has to be ready to play. I, I think I think it's the I think it, I don't know it's a trap game, but you you dang sure better be ready. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we heard about what he said about Arkansas's offense. Uh, the media also asked him about. Uh, the growth of Jalen Milrow, uh, which I know that uh, excites Coach to watch him uh, grow there because he knows how much work he's put in. Here's what Coach had to say about his growth. Um, you know, there's not always going to be perfect plays, but um, whatever happened on the last play is a learning experience for you to grow and get better and focus on what you have to do, you know, the next play. But you cannot allow one play to affect the next play. Um, so, and that's something that I think he's learned and doing a lot better, uh, staying much more positive, uh, you know, on, on the sidelines, uh, communicating really well with his teammates and the coaches in terms of what he saw, what he didn't see, what he needs to do to, to get it corrected. So, uh, I think that's, you know, something that comes a little bit with experience, but I think it also comes with awareness and, uh, I think we're making good progress in both areas. You know, he talks about play the next play. And uh, this kid, uh, I call him a kid, young man, uh, is very mature uh, in the media. I think he handles himself very, very well. And so I'm, I'm happy that he's playing playing much better. It seems he's he's not looking over his shoulder anymore, I don't believe. So he's he's really showed a lot of growth as a quarterback. Yeah, I think he has. I think he's worked at it. And, and uh, nobody nobody's ever going to be satisfied with a quarterback. You can, can throw – Five touchdowns, one interception. The one interception is is a, is the talk. So I think he's improved. I think the offensive line, uh, its spurts has gotten better. They were better the second half against South Florida. Uh, they were like they, they weren't bad. Uh, I thought they played better in the second half against A and M. I think one thing Alabama does is that they really try to do a good job of getting things better in the second half and the mistakes that they make in the first half. I think they've done that. All time. Yeah, then lastly, um, you know, they didn't have much of a running game now. I think they only had 20-something yards rushing now uh, with the sacks. Uh, I think Milrow was minus 31, so it's a little bit misleading. Still not a lot of running game there, so they made him throw. Uh, they asked Coach about the lack of the running game at Texas A&M. Here's what he said about that. No, I think it was a combination of both. Uh, I think that you know, we mis-ID'd some plays in terms of who we're blocking and where we're going to. And, um, you know, I think we 
we missed some things on some of their stunts and pressures. Um, you know, their front seven is really good. And um, we had some other plays that, you know, if we finished blocks, we'd have had much more productive plays. Uh, so we got to do a better job of finishing. Um, but we also knew that, you know, going into the game that it was going to be tough sledding up front and uh, we were going to have to be able to throw the ball effectively. And I was very pleased with that part of it. Um, still got to work on protections, but on how we protect the quarterback. All right, there was Coach about that. All right, we'll take the break here. We'll get back. We'll have uh, Coach Houston Nutt in. Uh, Wayne's Pest Control, serving over 100,000 customers across Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi since 1973. Let the great folks at Wayne's make sure your home is protected from those unwanted pests this fall. Wayne's provides world-class termite protection, general pest control, and mosquito prevention services. They also keep your lawn looking lush and healthy. Give them a call today, 866-WAYNES-1, and get $60 off your initial pest control service when you tell them you heard it on inside the locker room. Just a tied 100.9 is the home of Alabama sports. At Pearl River Resort, Choctaw, Mississippi, your destination for casino thrills, family fun, and live entertainment. of Alabama. This is Crimson Tide today. It's daily update on Bama Sports and it's brought to you by Everwood, the official treated lumber for Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. As Alabama starts preparations for its Saturday homecoming matchup with Arkansas, head coach Nick Saban met with the media on Monday. I think the biggest thing that um, we want to focus on is build on the positives of the good things that our team did in our last game. You know, competitive spirit, did a lot of good things in terms of being able to pass the ball effectively in the game, make some explosive plays. Um, you know, defense did a pretty good job for the most part. Uh, so, you know, obviously, you know, there's things that we need to work on and we want to be positive about how we fix those things in the future so that we can continue to progress as a team. You know, Arkansas is, you know, really a good team. Uh, they've had some really tough games, some really close losses, uh, but they've scored a lot of points. You know, K.J. Jefferson is a really good um, big-time quarterback, big guy, hard to sack. I'll have more in a moment. Producing championship-quality lumber is not an easy process, but at Everwood Preserving, it's our only process. Wood treated right. Everwood offers top-notch pressure-treated wood for decks, outdoor structures, commercial jobs, and more that you can build your reputation on. When it comes to quality, we're on the winning team. Visit your local Everwood dealer today and discover the difference for yourself. Everwood Preserving Incorporated, the official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Join us this afternoon for Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, streaming live at 2 p.m. Central on all CTSN social media platforms. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny weather continues today. The high for this afternoon around 81. For tonight, increasingly cloudy with the low at 61. Tomorrow, a cloudy day. We'll have a chance of some light rain at times. The high in the middle 70s, around 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa. 
two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. Back to inside the locker room. Go to Alabama One Hotline, www.alabama1.org. Obviously, the former head coach at Ole Miss, Arkansas, Boise State, also was with CBS, but I think he is being a full time granddaddy now, Coach Houston Nutt. Uh, coach, do you ever, how many grandkids do you have, Coach? Two. Two. Have you ever said no to either one of the two? Not yet. Not yet. How how old, old, Houston? Two years of age and seven months. Okay. Well, two years. uh, They can talk then. uh, I think it's coming. It's coming. coming. No words coming. Yeah, that no (laughs) words. No words coming. So, uh, good morning. How you doing? Hey, Houston. Hey, doing good? Good. Yeah. Appreciate you taking time to be on. You bet. Um. Tell our listeners the difference between Arkansas and Ole Miss. And by that I mean, I, I look at it as Arkansas has a chance to really get some NIL money because of the people that are around them. I could be dead wrong. Uh, but you know about both schools. Alabama's playing one of those schools this week and had a good win against Ole Miss. Uh, a little bit about those two schools. Yeah. Well, both of them are both of them are hard jobs. But you 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 mentioned something about thing about Arkansas. You look at Walmart, Tyson, Stevens. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of money in Arkansas. A lot of a lot of people has been has done very well. And um, I think if you look at uh, Coach Musselman, what he's done with NIL, and and uh, I think Coach Pittman can do the same thing. Um, I, I think they have more than Ole Miss. They have more. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss uh, probably doesn't have quite as many uh, millionaires, billionaires, whatever it may be. But um, you know, both jobs are uh, are hard. The one thing about Arkansas, I think, gives you a little bit more of an advantage is Mississippi. You're sitting there with Mississippi State, uh, Memphis is right there, Southern Miss, and then LSU, Alabama. They'll come in there and try to take your best player. You don't you don't grow up wanting to be an Ole Miss Rebel, yeah, uh, or Miss. State Bulldog, where Arkansas is a little bit different. You do grow up thinking uh, as a youngster, hey, I want to be a Razorback. Because yep. uh, there's not an NFL team, there's not multiple teams. But Arkansas State's in there, and uh, there, there's been some years when Larry Lace was there, been some years where they've done well, but mostly it's the Razorback. Yeah. Uh, Houston, Mark Stoops has his radio show last night. I'm not sure if you heard this, and I think they were getting on him a little bit about losing so bad to Georgia. And I quote, he says, fans have the right uh, to complain. I give it to them. I just encourage them to donate more because that's what those dudes are doing. I I can promise you, Georgia, they bought some pretty good players. You're allowed to these days. We could use some help. Is that... Is that okay to say that right after that loss? That make it look like you're making excuses. Uh, he's asking for more money. I still don't know that he could outbid Georgia for players. Your your thoughts on – he was kind of sensitive, I think, yeah. last night yeah. a little bit. Right. Uh, your thoughts about what Coach Stoops said. Yeah, it's the first time I heard that. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that helps you. Uh, you know, we all, as coaches, you know, you're 
you're sick to your stomach when you get beat. And uh, especially, you know, when your fans come like, hey, how come you can't stay on the field with them or whatever comments they make. And, you know, it's easy to pop off and come back, but probably doesn't help you in the long run. Um, it, it, it's just time to say, hey, got to get back to the meeting room and try to go get better. But, uh, you know, I, I know how he feels. I mean, it, it, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. And uh, just like I, I told Coach Broyles at, at one time, we were playing USC, and he, he got on, on me about staying on the field with uh, Reggie Bush, Lindell White, about seven draft choices. And I said, well, Coach Hayes, they're, they're probably, you know, buying a pretty good team. And, you know, he said, well, what do you mean? I said, I just, things like that, well, they got the best of, at, at every position. And then, lo and behold, about a couple of years later, you know, uh, Reggie had to turn that trophy back in. <laughs> yeah. And so he he told me, he said, you might have been right. You might have been right on that. I said, well, thanks, so. But, you know, anyway, uh, it's not easy. you got to keep going. I think Mark Stoops done an unbelievable job now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what we talk about a basketball school, to me, he's been there a while, and he's, he's won, a, won a lot of games, uh, much more than, uh, than a lot of coaches that have come through there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's... He's maximized that job, you know. I know people want to take it to the next. So that that's hard. Uh, you make it do it every once in a while, but to to take it to the top is is very difficult. So he, he is he has maximized that job, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And when when you're talking about a a true basketball school, uh, to do the things that he's done there and the way he's recruited, I think he's done an outstanding job. Yeah. Uh, Houston, we got we've got uh, a lot of teams this time that are going to have one loss. Oregon plays Washington, USC have a loss somewhere along the line if they play each other. Everybody's going to have one loss probably. Um, the SEC might be down slightly if if Georgia were to go to the to Atlanta with a loss to Tennessee or maybe no losses and and, and lose in Atlanta. With for the with all these one loss teams, would it be a, a year that the SEC would not have won the Final Four? That could be that that could that could happen, you know. But to me, you're always trying to find the best teams. You know who's the best teams, and I've always been, of course, can't help it as partial the SEC. But SEC is down a little bit. But um, it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out across the country, and and who's you know you kind of compare losses. But um, I don't. I always feel like you know the SEC is going to have one in there, even with a yep. one loss. But uh, that championship game is really important, you know. You yeah, know, I, I wanted to mention, you know, their, their schedule. If they, they go back to strength of schedule, Georgia's in a mess. And I, I you're think right. Well, I, mean, I should have brought that up. To start with. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you're exactly right there. And they'll, they'll look at that for sure. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll raise their eyebrows. Oh, your strength of schedule for sure was not as tough as others. Uh, Arkansas comes in. Uh, they're, they're, you know, that BYU game was tough. They dropped. Uh, maybe should have won that game. They go to LSU and, you know, play well. Lose by three. Uh, they lose by uh, 34-22 to Texas A&M. And then they just lost to Ole Miss by seven. This team's a pretty good team. Um if you hear the people over here talking, uh, Houston, this is going to be no game. Uh, the line's 19 and a half. He got the parade. 
Uh, they're going to have to have the parade as homecoming at 7 in the morning because it's an 11 o'clock kick. Because uh, this be a little bit of a trap game for Alabama-Tennessee the next week. You're coming off an emotional win. Arkansas is a little better than their record is. If they're mentally ready to play, they got a quarterback that can do some things. Would you be worried if you were Nick Saban and his staff about making sure these guys don't overlook the Razorbacks? Oh, you know that you know that's going to be Nick Saban's mindset. Yeah, that he'll he'll be, you know, he'll probably start a period or two back over in practice and jerk a <laughs> knot, and somebody's not focused. You know that's going to happen, yeah. and you got to do that. Um, Arkansas has been right there, you know, and it's tough. You know, it, it, it you look at the uh, self-inflicting wounds. You know, they've had illegal procedures, they've had penalties at the most inopportune time. And you're right, you know, when you look at LSU, A and M, they've been right there, but boy, you, you can't you can't beat yourself. And uh when you're in the red zone and you have illegal procedures, third and one, that's third and seven. I can't tell you how many times I've uh seen that, whether it be at Texas A and M or L S U, uh, is just you know, on offense, you got the advantage. You know when the ball is being snapped. And I crowd noise, you practice that. You practice that with loud noise, music, whatever, during practice. You know, it just can't happen. And so it's just little things. But I think Arkansas is missing like a difference maker at wide out. I think Sanders, when you look at Rocket Sanders, he looks a little overweight. He, I know he's been hurt. Doesn't look as quick as he was last year. And the offensive line has struggled. They've been inconsistent. So you can bet, you can bet that, that Coach Saban will – He'll he'll button everything down, and we I think we got to go back, Barry. I think we got to kind of go back to the in August and kind of give your dad credit. You know, he picked the first game, Texas, where you and I picked Alabama. So we kind of got to give your dad a little nah, bit. Of kudos, don't, right? Houston, don't give him any. He he he, okay. he caved the week of the game and picked. No, I didn't cave. I picked I picked Texas. <laughs> he did not. He caved, he picked. <laughs> Texas for three months in the week of the game. He, I pick. I picked Texas. He flipped. I just did that. Be funny. I picked Texas. Thanks, I thank you. I thought what was amazing though, in, in watching this game at College Station, is the growth. Of the to me, just from like week one to week two. You look right now, Jalen Milrow and Burton. Like holy cow! I mean, totally to me, like totally different players right now. To go down to College Station now and win that one, boy, I tell you what, that, yeah. that, he looked and, and he won it with his arm. Now, guys, yeah, you know, we all we all know he can run, but there's there's a throw there, that one in the corner. I don't know if you're gonna find a better throw. To the, you know which one I'm talking about, Barry? That that ball that was thrown in the corner yeah. on the line. Yeah, I mean. That was a big time throw. I think he's really you gotta give it to Tommy Rees and, and, and Jalen Milrow for just sticking to their knitting and getting better. You're talking about getting better each week right before our eyes. Boy, he's got better. Yeah, it really has, along with that defense. Uh that defense could be the best defense in the country, uh, Houston. Oh my goodness. Oh my they just dominated. When you can dominate with four and then play coverage. Boy, that's a great thing. That makes you sleep real good as a coach at night when you can do that. And, uh, man, that fourth, that front can put so much pressure and disrupt. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. That. Uh, are we in a situation where NIL is, is going to ruin us? Uh, the, you know, the Vanderbilts can't. They, they're not going to – I don't know it's because of NIL, but are we going to be so, so hustling to get – 
people in, in the and uh, our staff to be darn sure that we get enough money is, is that what that yeah. that just drive you crazy? Boy, I tell you, just just sitting on the sideline and hearing some of the stories of coaches, it, it, it has to drive them absolutely crazy. In fact, I know it does. The ones that I talked to, now they embrace it out there in public. Want to try to yeah, we like it, we like it, but really they don't. And I don't know how I don't know how you sustain that consistently I, I just i just don't know how you just keep asking your boosters not only we're going to build buildings but and facilities but you know we got to have collect we got to have this money to go get players it, it's just unbelievable and then the loyalty thing you know where the the players whether it be from smaller schools that are real good players they go get them and then the ones that are say at the lsu's alabama's that's not mm, don't quite feel like i'm getting what I need to be getting, I'm not getting the ball enough or I'm not getting thrown to enough or whatever. Now their name's in the portal. It's, it's just an unbelievable uh, landscape that we're in now, guys. I mean, I, I just, it's just, uh, sometimes it's hard, hard to listen to some of these stories. It just makes you sick. Uh, Coach, you know, you break up the Pac-12. The Pac-12, they may be the best league in the country, uh, to be quite honest with you. Uh, you know, and it just, it's a shame. You got uh, Oregon going to Washington uh, this week, which is a, is a huge game. Just your thoughts on what's happened across college football. I think about these poor teams having to fly across country five hours now for games and all. What, what have we done to college sports? Oh, my goodness. That, that's so ridiculous to me. And of course, I'm old school, traditional guy, and I, I love traditional games and all those things but you're right look at the pac 12 they got the best quarterback in the country overall overall if you look at these guys at washington state you look at uh, michael Penix at, at washington you got caleb williams uh bo nicks you know shadur bo yeah bo nicks. <laughs> bo nicks and uh shadur uh sanders i mean all these guys and then you you break it up and now there's there's just two left or whatever it is, and it, it's just unbelievable. And, and to think about, okay, USC, UCLA, now they're going to go to the Big Ten. So it just doesn't it doesn't even sound right. Mm-mm. And now Stanford and some of these guys, they're going to go all the way across three or four time zones, and they're going to go play their games over there on the East Coast. I it just that just blows my mind. Yeah, mm. it's crazy. That um, you have any idea who? It, Georgia's going to be in from the east in Atlanta, probably. Can Al- can Alabama- is Alabama good enough to beat Tennessee and LSU at home and, and go down to Auburn and 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 beat them? I, I know it's all this stuff we yeah. talk about speculation. I guess that's where we are. But um, it, it, you know what? Way- you know, go ahead. You know what, Coach? When you see when you see Alabama and the way they have improved, especially. If that defensive front keeps coming, they're going to be there. They're going to be there. I mean, it's funny how the talk was after Texas. Ah, boy, Alabama just doesn't have it. They just doesn't have it. And then all of a sudden, you look up a couple weeks later, uh, they put their work hats on, and they're well, well coached. And all of a sudden, these guys, this is a different team playing with confidence. And you you can't tell me now that Jalen Milrow, doesn't have just a little bit more confidence now after going to, to Aggie land. 
in front of a hundred thousand plus and getting that win, he he'll just to me will continue to improve. So to answer your question, they're gonna be right there in the mix of it. They're gonna be right there. They can be anybody on their schedule. There's no question about it. Uh, I'm gonna change the subject real quick, and then back. Uh, I I don't know how much you watch it, but Bill Belichick, Belichick, the New England's New, New England won't play hard. They, they they just won't play. I mean, I I know the quarterback's from Alabama. He's okay, but I don't know if you watch them or not. But to me, it's sad to see a guy fixing to get out of himself or be kicked out. That's done what he's done. Sometimes uh, comment on that. Sometimes you can just you know I always I always thought Coach Bryant coached too long, and they bitched about Coach Saban after he got you know lost the game. It it it's, it's a tough profession, isn't it? Without question, it, it is so tough. And I hadn't seen uh, the Stone Patriots maybe a quarter, and you know did they didn't didn't look like the Patriots that we're used to watching under uh, Belichick, but. Um, you know, you you, you got to always uh, have that drive and that fire, and and um, you know the the thing about this game is constantly changing, and you're trying to put your, you know, the pieces together and 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 put that team together. And Coach, Coach Belichick's always done a great job with that, but uh, when you look at his team this year, it just looks like uh, there's some things that are missing. Yeah, uh, how you bro- how your brothers doing? Well, they're doing good. They're doing good. They're they're bouncing that ball. You know, it's it's. You turn in that season or during this October time, here here they go. Yeah. Be, the football will be handing the baton to these guys here for too long. <laughs> yeah. Well, Houston, uh, I hope you're enjoying being a granddaddy. Uh, we love having yeah. you on uh, from time to time. I look forward to visiting with you as, as college football. Man, it, it, it's it's halfway over. It, it goes fast, doesn't it? It goes fast. Oh, unbelievable. Sure does. Have a great week. P- appreciate you, sir. Thanks, thanks, Houston. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank All right, you there's uh, Coach Houston. Uh, I was talking about Bob Prince and Prince Glover and Hayes. If you have uh, a tragedy or an accident in your in your life that you feel like could have been overcome by problems that somebody presented for you, and uh, you need some help as deciding exactly what to do to to get well, uh, Prince Glover and Hayes are the people to talk to. Three four five one two three four is the number, easy number to remember. They'll visit with you on the telephone, then ask you to come in to seven hundred one Rice Mine Road, sit down with you, go over exactly what happened, uh, get the people, get the people that can support you uh, in line, and represent you in the right way. Prince Clover Hayes been at been at it a long time. Not just we talk about it because of being in Tuscaloosa, but they've been throughout the southeast. And uh, we have we have a lot of problems come up unexpectedly. So if you have that problem, I would suggest that you give these guys an opportunity to visit with you and to represent you if you need representing. Three four five one two three four. Prince Glover and Hayes. PrinceLaw.net is the website, and always remember: if they don't win, then you don't pay. All right, we open up the phone lines two zero five three four two. 9904. He lists the Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. 
from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. No active wrecks. Smooth sailing around town. Now we do see some minor congestion on McFarland over in Northport and also a Lurling coming into downtown. But if you see conditions, give me a call. Now get two, four, up to $8,000 in instant savings at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Looking- You're listening to the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa Toyota, go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. They could take great care of you. Look at the new inventory, the used inventory right there on the website. Also, they got the special going on this month. Buy three tires, get one tire for a dollar. You can schedule the service right there on the website or swing by on Skyland Boulevard. See Justin, see David, and tell them that Wimp and Barry sent you. They will take great care of you. Tuscaloosa Toyota is the place to go. All right, get to the Tuscaloosa Toyota hotline, and we'll bring Philip into the show. Good morning, Philip. Morning. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, um, I got a feeling uh, it's kind of bad news for everybody. I got a feeling Georgia may be peaking right now. Why is that bad news? <laughs> the fact that they're peaking. <laughs> That's, the fact that they're peaking is bad news. Well, um, I think that, you know, they play a soft schedule, and so they're not – and then – you know, you get to the Kentucky game and people are, uh, they're motivated. So, you know, and the quarterback's gotten time to develop. He's played with no game pressure at all. So he's gotten time sure. to develop. You get, then you get them in that atmosphere where people think that Kentucky can play with them and their talent is superior to Kentucky. So they, I think it's, they develop at a nice pace for them with a new quarterback there. And uh, let's be honest, the schedule just hadn't been that difficult. So when they do have a, what they call a big game, which for them on that schedule, Kentucky was, you get yeah. you get them motivated uh, to play in that game, and we saw what happened. Yeah, that Kentucky game was sort of like the their, their Alabama versus Texas right there. That was their Texas. But, um, you know, they got Vanderbilt this week. They got, they're got off, and then they play Florida. They'll blow them out. I thought Missouri might contest them, but Missouri might hang with them a little bit. Ole Miss may be their best test uh, going forward. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts about Tennessee. Where is Tennessee? Can they – we'll kind of see how they do here in the next couple of weeks. They got two big games with Texas A&M then having to travel uh, here. So we'll yeah. know a lot more about Tennessee here in the next two weeks. Bear, you're right. It's been sort of quiet about – you know, t- Tennessee's been quiet lately because they – they had they had that easy win against Texas San Antonio and then South Carolina and then they were off. So Tennessee's been out of news, but they're about to get into it this week with Texas A and M. I think they'll beat A and M, don't you? Uh, at home, yeah, I think they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the thing about Alabama though that's, that concerns me a little bit, uh, Martin wasn't too concerned about it when I called him earlier today, but um, I think Alabama better get somebody ready to go for Burnip in case he can't, uh, you know, go full speed the next few weeks. That's That would be scary to have Will Reichard kicking every ball. Uh, Dad, what's your thoughts about Reichard having to handle all the kicking duties, kickoffs, uh, if he has to punt, and then, uh, you know, then field goals? I would just be worried about him getting hurt or something because he's yeah. so valuable 
uh, kicking field goals, so you wouldn't want him to get a punt blocked or something, get hurt there, Dad. What's your thoughts about Riker having to maybe fill in? Because if, it, if it's oh, like, I think he's fine. I think yeah. he. I just go. I think he just goes as long as he can go. They've got a guy that you know. The problem was the uh, field goal kickers are never are, are never appreciated. They never they when they miss one they they get the devil. We don't want we don't need that guy kicking. They're never appreciated. I don't think he's appreciated. You know. You're sitting there with a guy who gives you half a touchdown every time he kicks it, yes. and uh, and people don't people they assume he's going to make it. But if he were to miss one, you know he choked and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 a kind of job a little bit like offensive coordinators. You don't really appreciate them until they make a mistake, and then you you bust them pretty bad. All right. Barry, this uh, this Miami loss to Georgia Tech was it's devastating for a lot of reasons. Um, they got North Carolina, FSU, and Louisville left on their schedule. Well, and Clemson, and Clemson. Well, at least that gives them a chance maybe to knock off those guys, you know. Oof, I'd be having a hard time sleeping at night uh, oh. <laughs> with with oh. that outcome and how all that went went down. So, uh I don't know. It's uh, the ACC is interesting, but I think the three undefeated teams uh, my understanding was Florida State, North Carolina, and uh, Louisville don't play each other. Is that correct, Philip? I got to look. Uh, I, I haven't looked fully at Louisville's schedule, but I'll tell you something. Don't sleep on Louisville. They've got a great receiver named Thrash, and um, that is a good football team. I, I would not uh, take them lightly uh, if I was anybody in the, in the ACC, and I'm sure they're not. That's a good team. That is a real good team. Yeah. No doubt. Anything else, Philip? No, man. Y'all have a great week. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, just your thoughts about uh, the coaching job that this staff has done. I don't, you know, Chris Lowe's come out this morning and said, hey, it's, it's what a good job they're doing. It's not the most talented team. People chime in saying, look at their roster. They talk about how talented it is. Uh, he's saying it's not, but the coaches are doing a great job. They're getting better each and every week. Where do you think the talent level is here at Alabama? It's, it's I, think, I think it's good. I, I just think it's the talent level that hadn't played a lot together. Uh, I think that, I think the wideouts are not as good. Burton certainly came, came forward. But uh, he's a... Uh, you know, you talk about disliking him. He's easy to dislike. He he was disliked at Georgia, and when he came over here and didn't do much, they they said there. I'm not sure sure glad Georgia got rid of him. And, you know, you know Georgia was glad, and now he's you know playing. Or he did in that game played to his potential. So uh, they got the ball to him, and Tommy did a good job of calling plays. He felt like when they're going to stack the line against Milrow, make they were going to make Milrow. They were going to make Merrill throw to beat you, and he did throw to beat him. So, uh, uh, all right, uh, no, I want to go to back to one more clip here. Um, it's at the bottom there when they did ask, and we've we've talked about a little bit today a report card on the new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. You know, and I've you know these guys were up in the box, uh, so you don't see them as as much. Uh, I don't remember really showing Kevin Steele hardly at all. Um, you know, when they're down on the field, they show them down there more. Uh, but Coach never really is going to – he's never going to evaluate his coordinator or any of his coaches publicly. It's not something that he's ever done. But maybe it was an opportunity maybe for him to praise them a little bit. But he chose not to, which is fine. It's kind of the way he's always done it. But here's what 
what Coach said about the new OC and new DC. You know, I, I, I'm not going to publicly comment. You know, we're happy with the coaches that we have, and uh, we're always trying to get better. We're all working hard together to try to get better, um, trying to figure out, you know, what, what's the best um, solution to help our team grow and develop, uh, whether it's, you know, style of play, uh, doing more things that they're capable of doing, um, you know, trying to minimize the negative plays. And, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with, you know, the effort that everyone is giving and trying to uh, give input to fix those things. Everybody's responsible for a better way. So um, if we have deficiencies as a team, you know, that's kind of on me. Uh, I, I, that answer, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know that I, that answer was a peculiar answer. Uh, I, I can't see why anybody would be calling the defense except Kevin Steele personally, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't really know, to be honest. Uh, do you think it, should that have been an opportunity for him to praise yeah, him? Yeah, I, I thought, I, that's the reason I said that. Yeah. I uh, thought it was, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know, I. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it is a little bit strange. Uh, and I don't want to, you know, people have talked about it. I know Lane Kiffin brought it up. And I guess, um, you know, his defense coordinator would know he's been ever here for so long. He knows the signals, the calls. He kind of knows how it's happened. So I don't know. if that would, And obviously he probably still has friends in the building there that probably, you know, these managers and these kind of people, they've made – Give them some inside scoop on what's going on there. But anyway, whatever they're doing with the defense, whoever's calling it, whoever's running it, whoever's, they're doing really good, so they'll need to change it. So we'll take this break, and we'll wrap up the show. we got time maybe to squeeze in one more phone call, 205-342-9904. You're listening to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks, smooth sailing around town. Now we do see some minor congestion on McFarland over in Northport and also a Lurling coming into downtown. But if you see conditions, give me a call. Now get two, four, up to $8,000 in instant savings at Towns and Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Catch Christian and Corey Miller every weekday here on Tide 100.9. Christian Miller here from the Miller's Edge. Make sure you tune in tomorrow as we look forward to Arkansas as they come into Tuscaloosa looking to take on the Tide. And we look to take your calls right here on Tide 100.9. Tune in 11 to noon to hear Christian and Corey Miller break down everything from college to the pros on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Yeah! Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny weather continues today. The high for this afternoon around 81. For tonight, increasingly cloudy with the low at 61. Tomorrow, a cloudy day. We'll have the chance of some light rain at times. The high in the middle 70s, around 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Mr. SEC Tournament Wimp Sanderson gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room, right here on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside Locker Room. Alabama 1, they got the getaway giveaway weekly road trip $100 gift card. 
a monthly weekend getaway, a $1,000 gift card, and one grand prize vacation, $5,000 gift card. Get any auto, recreational vehicle, or equipment loan and be entered to win. Uh, you can do it right there at the website, www.alabama1.org. For all, get on there for all their different products and services. Actually, tonight you got a little bit of baseball, but you also uh, got football. I think there's football pretty much on every night. You got three college games tonight. Louisiana Tech uh, takes on Middle Tennessee. Uh, Alabama obviously opened with Middle Tennessee, who's one in five uh, for the year. But La Tech, Middle uh, is on CBS Sports uh, at 6.30 on ESPNU Liberty. Uh, travels to Jacksonville State. Uh, so Jacksonville State, that's 5-1, and 3-0 and oh in Conference USA. And then also on ESPN2, Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State uh, will play tonight as well. Yes, Noah? Uh, Justin's also saying we got hockey, too. Hockey? We don't know anything about no hockey. Uh, <laughs> Daddy, you know anything about hockey? Uh, no, I don't have a stick or something. <laughs> they, have a stick. they just sub. They don't even have to wait. They just start running on the ice or what are you skating on the ice. But college football tonight, you going to watch college football or you going to watch a little uh, Major League Baseball tonight? I'm going to watch both. Both. You got, uh, let's see, Major League tonight. The Astros, uh, it's actually this afternoon, 3 o'clock on Fox. Astros and the Twins. Uh, that series is tied one to one, and then the Orioles. Um, and that series, the Orioles are down two zero, so they go to Texas Rangers tonight, and the Orioles uh, season could come to an end. Uh, we talked, we played the little clip from the Braves last night. Do you give the Braves? Can the Braves just get one uh, in Philadelphia to get that thing back to Atlanta for for a game five? Was oh, it two there? in the last, the last game would be in Atlanta. Yeah, if necessary, game in Atlanta. But it's one one now. So if Philadelphia wins both home games, it'd be over. I'm telling you right now, it, it it's not easy to it's not easy to win a short series. Mm-hmm. Really, isn't it? over a long series, the best team wins. But when you go to short series, anybody can win. And three out of five is, to me is a short series. And um, I don't. I mean, the Braves. That may be the play of the year last night. Uh, that that play, the double play, the catch and double play. Of course, good pitching, but uh, winning short series and you the the expectation factor is out of, out of the roof because you played so well over a long period of time. Yeah, they played. They were kind of tight uh, the first five or six innings. I mean, they the, that pitcher was just mowing them down. But uh, I mean, how long does it take for a blister to heal? They talk about Max Freeze had 18 days for this blister to heal, and I guess the blister on his pitching hand was giving him some problems there. But anyway, all right. Well, that's it for today's show. We're going to get out of here. We'll make way for the Gary Harris show. Appreciate uh, Noah Haynes taking great care of us this morning. We also appreciate Kevin Skarbinski. And then we just had Houston Nutt. All those interviews go up on the podcast center. You listen to Tide 100.9 and 12.30 a.m. WTBC, the home of Alabama Sports. Have a great day, everybody.